Welcome back, everybody. We're so glad that you've joined us again today. Um, we are going to launch right into part two of our conversation about health and housing with Dr. Disa Cornish. And, you know, you spoke to um, the what families are up against, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, because I think a lot of times what we find is um, that there's a lot of mis- misconceptions and a lot of prejudice against families and in assuming that, you know, if their housing quality is poor, well, that's the way they want it to be, or they don't really care or what have you. And I think that we really, really have done families a disservice um, as, a, as a society in just discounting the struggle that these families face and just how, how expensive it, it truly is to do the things necessary um, to, to maintain a home for the long term. Um, you know, you have a furnace go out, that's four grand, you know, you have an air conditioning unit go out, it's another $5,000, you have a roof you have to replace, I mean, that can be anywhere from, you know, seven to $10,000 or more. Um, you know, these are, you know, these costs are huge, you know, for for these things. So it's it's not, uh, it's not that easy when margins are already tight, as as you said. That's absolutely true. And I think um, the reality of the situation is that we have a lot of, as you said, these cultural stereotypes Mm -hmm. that we fall back on that are basically just rooted in prejudice and racism, Mm -hmm. frankly. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's that's a really big problem. Yeah. That we make assumptions um, and we make assumptions and then we walk on by. Mm-hmm. without actually taking stock and thinking about the fact that we're all in the community together. Right. And that it's really like an investment in the entire community when right. we focus on housing. And right. that what's good for someone else, even if it doesn't directly benefit me, will be indirectly benefiting me in the future. Mm-hmm. So there's that sort of shared responsibility that understanding of shared responsibility that's sometimes needed. Right, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I not to move off the topic, but you know, you bring up a good point when talks when you talk about uh, the prejudices and, and racism. I sat in a conversation uh, with someone where they were speaking on a specific neighborhood, uh, and they said, "Well, they just want their house to be like that, and they do nothing to to fix it." And when you when I sit here and I listen to you uh, even say, you know, well, if you you look at you know lead based paint and you know mold in the home and things like that that leads to poor health and that can lead to missed time off work and but the 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 domino effect again that we that we, i'm i'm just trying to put together in my head mm-hmm. is the reason why this house looks the way that it is so it's not that they're lazy it's not for a lack of trying it's literally because they can't afford to maintain this house from a slew of other different things that have either generational or just whatever the current situation is in society uh and, and that's why they're in that situation. Yet we still have people that look at them and label them as lazy or um, not motivated or uneducated. It, it, it's, it's, it all, it's all coming together, mm-hmm. I, I guess mm-hmm. I could say, in this conversation for me. And it really uh, puts a different light on it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think to myself uh, when I'm thinking about these, these issues, because mm-hmm. I, I talk a lot to my students about health disparities and health inequities. And sometimes I think to myself... How revolutionary would it be if we just operated under the assumption that everyone was doing their best? Right. Mm, Yeah. That everyone was trying their hardest. Yeah. But maybe just need a little boost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that actually, I mean, that that pulls us into a conversation more about health equity. Mm -hmm. But I mean, Mm -hmm. I think you're absolutely right. 
Yeah, and I think, um, you know, thinking on the, the lived environment, um, you know, we've had, you know, opportunity to work with homeowners um, to do critical home repairs on their homes and, and see firsthand just how huge of a mountain it is to climb. And especially when, you know, the the folks are sometimes dealing with significant, um, you know, just depression or just a lack of uh, feeling good about themselves and just about life in general in a lot of different ways for a lot of different reasons or just, you know, have lost a spouse or have, you know, have real, real life things that they're um, that they're dealing with. And, and I think about when you don't have necessarily the the uh, strongest maybe support system or, you know, I think about when when I've gone through really, d- you know, deep challenges in my life and I have a support system that helps me and I've got, you know, a lot of privileges that others don't. And I think about when a family, you know, is going through some of those hard, just normal life things and just how hard it is just to get out of bed some days or just get to work or do what you need to do. And then in in addition, oh, I've got, you know, $15,000 in roof repair and window replacement and everything else. And oh, my goodness, my utilities are $350 a month and I can't get that under control either. So how am I ever going to get all of the rest of this under control? And it just continues to and it just you, you feel the balloon expanding mm, yeah. and then you feel that when you can provide a solution and we can work on this together and you can you not only change the built environment um, to where it needs to be, but you bring back that hope and then and, and you just see that balloon inflating, you know, deflating just a little bit more and more every day. Like, OK, I can maybe take I can tackle this next thing in my life because these things are getting taken care of. And it just it feels so positive in that way. What you're what you're talking about really is what you're getting at is the social determinants of health. Mm. So the social determinants of health is basically just this idea that what really matters mm. is the conditions in which we're born and we grow and we play and we work and mm. we live and we age. Mm. And that those conditions really impact our health. Mm. Um, so the idea goes that really only about 20 percent of our health outcomes are driven by medical care. Usually we think I'm sick, I'm healthy, it's because of medical intervention or not, mm. right? But only really, and if you look at a social determinants of health framework, it's only about 20% of our health outcomes that are driven by medical care. And the remainder are like, are things like social factors, so our education, what kind of job we have, our mm. income, whether we have family or social support to help us when we have a time of need or to give us a hug or high five mm. us when things are good. Right. It's all those things. Then we have um, physical environment, right? So our neighborhood, the built environment, our housing, the places where we spend our time. Are they healthy? Are they noisy? Are they conducive to um, healthy behaviors? Do they promote us being healthy or do they keep us retreated into our homes? Mm. Do they promote social interactions with our neighbors and with people we live near? Mm. Um, So all those factors really impact our health and housing is wrapped up in all of that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's tied to everything. Um, you know, having a living wage helps us be able to afford a place to live. Yeah. Having housing not be just wildly out of our reach, but having it be a little bit more affordable and having it be high quality housing. Mm hmm. You know, housing in innovations have come a long way and we can do a lot now. Yeah. On a much smaller budget than we used to be able to. Um, so the social determinants of health, they really matter. Yeah. And this sort of image that you have of like the balloon inflating. Mm. Imagine that that's your heart. Yes. Right. 
if we have stress that's maintained over a long period of time, we actually start to see hardening and clogging of arteries. Mm. And that's it's general adaptive syndrome is basically just the idea that it's it's this this like after chronic extended stress over decades and decades, our heart tissue starts to die. Wow. Um, because our bodies are not meant to have that much cortisol flowing through them all the time because of stress. So as that balloon is inflating and inflating, our life expectancy is going down and down, right? And that does become generational. Mm. Yeah. And I think about uh, some of the statistics that we see, uh, even in our own community, in one neighborhood that I was researching um, showed that 7% of the structures in that neighborhood did not have adequate kitchen facilities. And you think about even just being able to prepare healthy foods, I mean, A, even having access to healthy foods, but let alone then being able to bring them home and maybe prepare a healthy meal if 7% in one neighborhood alone in Waterloo are lacking complete kitchen facilities. How how are how are they even able to to move forward toward you know better health goals? And it's easy to think, oh, people aren't eating healthy mm-hmm. because they don't know how, right? Or they don't yeah. care, or they don't care. Yeah, right? that's the even That's even more negative exactly. side of that same coin. But yeah. right, um, so maybe if we just teach them how to prepare the eggplant, they mm-hmm. will eat more of it, right? Mm-hmm. But right. we a lot of times skip over. Do they have a sink? Yes. With clean water flowing from it mm. at which they can rinse their produce. Yes. Uh, just to begin with. Yes. Um, so, again, a lot of times we take for granted mm-hmm. housing is there. And let's move on from that. Um, but also, you know, it goes back to that health equity framework. Yeah. That not everybody has the same resources that they're coming to the table with. And mm-hmm. that really does impact their health because I can do education all day, all night. Mm-hmm. on how to how to live in a healthy way but if you don't have the tools and the structures in place in your home to do those things or in your neighborhood to do those things it's all for naught hmm. at the beginning of this you said a statistic that i've just blows my mind 90 percent we spend 90 percent of our time inside and three-fourths of that time is in a home or in our home. And I mean, a lot of that is the sleeping time. Correct. And, well, <laughs> then, well, and, and we all know that's all I do. <laughs> we, that's literally when I go home, I sleep. Um, but when we think of a child, when we think of a kid, and if, that, if those statistics still ring true or in the same ballpark of a child... What is the what is their um, mental health like or their uh, emotional state like? If they're a low income child living in a uh, adequate or, or, or poor housing situation, um, well, I mean, kids need to run around. Mm-hmm. Kids need to be active. Um, you know, as adults, we think about exercise right? That our physical activity is in the form of exercise and we maybe go to the gym or go for a walk or whatever that is. For kids, kids aren't supposed to get on a treadmill. Kids mm-hmm. aren't supposed to do that. They're supposed to go play and that's mm-hmm. how they grow and that's how they're, they become coordinated and how they learn how to use their bodies and how they get their hand-eye coordination and all of those things. Kids are meant to be rambunctious and mm-hmm. run around and do all those things that drive us nuts, but that they're <laughs> supposed to be doing, right? I I am a mom of three, so I've been I've been down that road. Jacqueline still does those things. <laughs> yeah, my mom still chases after me. It's fine. It's okay. It's okay. Um, so when kids are denied that opportunity, 
it really does impact them. You know, there have been studies that have shown that kids who fidget in class, Mm. sometimes they're fidgeting literally because their stomach muscles aren't strong enough to hold them erect for long enough because they're not getting enough physical activity. Wow. But if we give them balance balls to sit on in the classroom or we, I don't know, let them run around outside for a while, then that really helps because that helps with muscle development and things like that. Mm. So all of that is just to say that if we have a house in a neighborhood where we don't like maybe the kid is home alone and not allowed to go outside maybe the neighborhood doesn't feel safe maybe the home um for whatever reason the kid can't be running around the house yeah you know that can impact their physical development if they are inside on screens um that can be impacting sort of their mental health and their physical health um that sedentary time um if it's extended is not good you know, the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends limiting screen time as much as possible. Um, and we don't want kids to be on screens and social media a whole lot because that can sort of change how they view the world and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, I think I've lost the train of where your question was going. No, no, I think you're, you're still on it. Um, if anything, we've just parked at a station. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but you started to speak to it. Well, like, one... It'd be interesting to poll how many uh, people knew that a child fidgeting is because their stomach muscles literally can't hold them up. Because I think the issue is you see that child fidgeting and you there we quickly label a child and we say, oh, well, they have ADHD or ADD or they are they're a bad kid. When really it's these things that we don't realize that mm-hmm. play a factor into why they act that way. Maybe they're hungry. Mm-hmm. Maybe they didn't sleep well. Because their house is noisy Mm -hmm. or they live near a neighbor who is noisy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maybe there's something going on at home. Maybe they were late because they, you know, took a wrong turn or tried to avoid something, walking to school. Who knows? But you're absolutely right. There are all sorts of things going on and we are very quick to label. Mm -hmm. Adults and children. Yes. We are very quick to label um, and not really think about all of the underlying things that could be happening. And I, I mean, I don't want to generalize. There are so many devoted people who are not labeling. Right. And who are going after the root causes of things. Right. Um, but I think, you know, taking some more community responsibility for all of it, rather than sort of depending on certain individuals to be doing the bulk of the work, I think is really important. Yeah. I agree. Um, one thing that you've kind of brought up a little bit is that health equity agenda, and, and maybe you could speak a little bit more to that. What 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 is that? What does that involve? And and specifically, and you've mentioned a few things about how that relates back to housing. Um, but what is the health equity agenda? So I don't. I, I think that the word agenda maybe has some negative connotations. Okay. So let, yeah. I, and I've actually I don't I haven't heard it called a health equity agenda necessarily, although maybe a perspective or approach. But that's getting in the weeds. I mean, yeah, or maybe a movement or a yeah. But health equity in general is just the idea that we should all have a fair and we, we should all have a fair um, opportunity mm. to good health. Sure. To our best health. Um, if we think about the word equality, I saw this really great graphic that I'm going to just try to describe to you. It yeah. sort of discusses yeah. the difference between equality and equity. So equality is giving everyone the exact same bike. Mm. Okay. So I want, I, I give everyone the same bike. The tall guy gets the same size and model and shape bike as the little kid as the person with the mobility problem 
everyone gets the same exact bike. Mm. Okay, that's equality. Equity is giving everyone the bike that they need. Sure. The tall guy gets the extra large frame. The little kid gets the little bike with the training wheels. The person with the mobility issue gets maybe a three-wheeler with the hand pedal mm. so that they can actually use it. So, you know, if we give everyone the exact same bike, we could end up causing more problems, right? The tall guy could get back problems. The little kid could get hurt. The person with mo- with the mobility or access issue can't ride the bike. Mm. But equity is getting everyone to a place where they can achieve good health. Mm. Um, We often think about health equity in terms of the inverse or health inequity. And health inequities are basically just the unfair and totally avoidable, Mm. totally preventable differences in health that we see. Mm. If we could just give everyone a little bit of support Mm. in what they need, Mm-hmm. then we could help them achieve their best health. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, housing is the thing that they need. Interesting. Housing is that little boost that they would get. Some people, you know, I use the bike example. Some people use it as like a step stool example. Where like if I'm, you know, my, my, my mother-in-law is yeah. short. Maybe she's five feet. Mm-hmm. I'm five nine. She and I could not reach the same light bulb, right? If we were trying to reach up to screw in a light bulb, she would need a step stool. Health equity is giving her that step stool so that she can also reach the light bulb. Mm. And a lot of times, all someone needs is quality housing sure, in order for them to reach the proverbial light bulb, like to get up there and to achieve some health. Absolutely. And affordability, affordable and quality, because if they have the ability to keep their housing costs low enough as a percentage of their income than like you were kind of alluding to earlier, you know, you have more uh, margin than to be able to buy, you know, the other, the healthy foods or the medicine that you need or the doctor's visits or whatever. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's yeah. good. So it's good for the economy. Yeah. Affordable housing is something is housing. That's 30% of your income or less. Right. If people are not spending most of their income on housing, then they have more discretionary money to mm-hmm. spend on food enrichment for their kids yeah um going to a movie going out to eat maybe i mean they have they have more money to spend in the community which is good for local business absolutely i mean it's 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 an economic win-win um and it also there's a return on investment for Mm -hmm. um for communities and companies that invest in housing yeah there's a return on investment i mean studies have shown that communities save money in the long run by investing in housing programs. So there's just all sorts of attention to that right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lisa, I have a, 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 a kind of a two-part question here to wrap things up. But first off, what are some things that I need to look for in my home to make sure that uh, I am I'm, I'm healthy, my, my family is healthy, uh, and, and we are keeping ourselves um, just everything that we've talked about. We're, we're, we're providing ourselves the best uh, environment to live in. Uh, but then on that same topic, is there anything I can do in my neighborhood as well and to, to watch out for my neighbors and to make sure that I am contributing to having a healthy neighborhood or a healthy zip code maybe? All right, so to your first question for your own home, I guess I would say um, it's things like checking on how old your mattresses are, Mm. getting an energy audit from your utility company so that you can make sure that you don't have hot spots where your insulation isn't isn't working right. Um, 
or you have leaks. Um, I would check on, um, you know, age of your carpet, things like that. Um, look at your light bulbs. I mean, and those energy efficiency pieces. Look at the age of your house, and you could get it tested for lead-based paint. Um, you could also test for radon if you don't have a radon mitigation system. Um, radon is in almost every house in Iowa, leaking from the ground. Mm -hmm. um, and people who have bedrooms in the basement, you know, that is a significant um, health risk. So the county will come and check out your radon situation and help with that. There are a lot of resources available there. Mm -hmm. So those are some things that I would recommend. In terms of your neighborhood, um, anything that we can do to boost social capital is a good thing. Mm. Um, social capital is the idea that we have wealth that, is, that comes from our relationships with others and with our relationship with our community. Um, if we vote, if we are active in our community, if we volunteer, that builds social capital. If we feel like we can go and ask our neighbor to borrow something, like borrow an egg, or watch our kids, or get our mail if we're gone, if we feel like we trust our neighbors, that builds social capital. Mm -hmm. And communities that have high social capital, they're healthier communities. Mm -hmm. People in those places live longer, and they're healthier. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's something that we should all be working towards, is building those relationships in our communities. Um, we should start thinking more about how we fit into our communities. I think we should be all feeling a little bit more empathetic mm. and a little bit more like we are pieces of a whole. It's very easy to turn inwards and to start thinking about what's happening within our four walls. Um, but it's also important for those of us who can to think about what's happening out in our communities as well. Absolutely. I love that. And that's, that's exactly um, what I see too in our neighborhood work. Just you know, the most success that a neighborhood is having is when when people know their neighbors, when you know they are participating in things, and they feel safe and comfortable with each other, not just in the neighborhood itself, but that that relational component is there, which is 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 huge. So I'm so happy that you spoke to that. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, Doctor Disa. Cornish. Whoop, whoop. Oh my I know. gosh. We love you, Disa. My, Thank you. My brain hurts. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, Dr. Cornish, no, seriously though, thank you. And you provided us some outstanding information. Yeah, uh, really. And, and I, I, I really hope that people listening really, uh, you know, take heed to everything that you've said and, 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 and raise their what, social capital of their, of their neighborhood. I mean, I, I, I'm sitting here just thinking of like all of the things in my home. I was like, okay, I need to go get this done. I need to get this mm -hmm. done. Do I trust someone to get my mail? Do people trust me to get their mail? Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Cornish, while my brain may be fried, <laughs> There's a thing that we do here at Bringing Down the House uh, that tests are trivial, our knowledge on some things. I'm so excited. Oh, good. She won't be in the next oh, few seconds, I'll yes. tell you that. Uh, so, Dr. Cornish, I just will have you know, while I don't have a PhD, uh, I have a pretty good track record with these with these questions. He's here. very full of himself at this point. I, so. you know, I have nothing to bring to the table right now, okay? Like, I'm sitting across from these two ladies, and it's like, wow, I have nothing to contribute here. <laughs> Like, oh, man. Uh, so let's go ahead and, and let's get into some trivia. Nora, what do you got for us? 
All right, so Allie and I were volunteering on the construction site a little while ago and learned that there are some weird names for construction tools. And so one that I want to know if you guys know what the tool is used for is called the macaroni tool. Oh macaroni my goodness. Tool? <laughs> These, I, I, wish, I, wish, I wish we had a video component. The <laughs> eyes that I just got from Disa here. I'm yeah. like, you know, I should have left five minutes ago. It was like literal, like, huh? She's like, like I should have left five I'm minutes ago. I'm trying to think of the macaroni shape and what mm. you could do with the macaroni shape when you were building Can something. Can we see the picture or is that going to give it away? And know? I'm trying to think about um, when we were building what that would have potentially the been macaroni used tool. for. It's got to be something that's used around corners. Okay. Maybe? Okay. Well, okay. So when I think of macaroni, I think of like the little half moon shape oh well that's true there's a hole in it so it is it maybe used for um <laughs> like I'm, I'm i'm maybe okay i got two either something involving scooping or <laughs> like fuddly i, I could see like okay this is how we're gonna thread cable through so mm. like we're gonna put this here mm. and then we can thread the cable through with the macaroni tool <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, this is why I'm out of construction. I think I'm it's related really to plumbing. plumbing. Oh, plumbing. I think it's a plumbing tool. Ooh. Okay, okay, some plumbing. Okay. I The first thought that went into my mind was more of a spiral macro, macaroni kind of situation. Oh, that's so, like a noodle. I'm, well, well, I guess macaroni it, it, is yeah, noodle, too. It's a little but... bit more like a rotini kind yeah, of thing. That's I'm a, thinking yeah, more rotini. rotini. But yes. then it would be I'm... called the rotini tool. That's <laughs> true, I know. I, and, I... Then we're gonna, and then we're going to have uh, the farfalli tool. And the, and the penne tool. The campanelli tool. The bow tie jewel. I'm hungry, so let's okay, let's let's okay. check it's out. Past lunch. Okay, so I'm thinking when I thought of it, I thought of something that is actually um, extracting like a broken off uh, screw or, or whatever, like a it reverses a, a broken off screw in a hole. That is that's where my mind went. <laughs> All right, this is I, I know about this one. You guys are doing so well, I had to really stump you. So this is actually used for carving wood to make a flat-bottomed groove. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? Why do we care? That is the question. Yo, let me, uh, hey, Jim, can you that macaroni tool? I got to go carve a groove into some flat-bottomed wood. Like, what? 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 Okay, well, all right. Told me I would need to learn about wood carving. Yeah. No, this woman is sitting. She's sitting here with a, a PhD, and she's over here being asked what a macaroni tool is. I always, just, okay. I love, I love how, oh um, how Andy told me this morning. He's like, he was getting upset because of the White House trivia last week. That he really wished he yes. would have been here for that episode because he would know the answer. And I always think about like our construction staff on these kinds of questions are probably like, you guys are so dumb. Oh yeah. I literally can't even believe that I work with you. Listen, I, I I originally went to school to study music. I do theater. Like I can count to four and I know how to breathe. That's the only that's the only claim to fame I have Those when it comes to education. This, so this is true. I mean, I had to go to school to learn how to do them, but you know, and pay thousands of dollars. But it's fine. It's fine. Oh. I like I, I you know would like to eat or make macaroni, but I'm not sure that I'll ever ever care again if it's but now we know now, now we, we know. know now we know the and more you know, know. <laughs> the more you know the more you know on bringing down the house that's i think that's trademarked by nbc so we might be getting a cease and desist here soon uh -oh. but okay 
until then, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thank you uh, again. Thank you to Dr. Cornish uh, for for your extended stay that you had with us uh, through all of this. We greatly appreciate the knowledge that you provided. Uh, and to all of our wonderful viewers out there in podcast land, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I, we are looking forward to our next conversation here on Bringing Down the House. But until then, I am Jacqueline Madison. She is the wonderful, beautiful, talented <laughs> Allie Parrish. She threatens me. I, I have do. to say that. I, uh... Uh, but <laughs> until the next time, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you right back here at the same place you found us. Take care.